0: Hit me with it, bro. What are you doing to me? <laughs>
1: God damn. Coming to you from the Malort Fan Club headquarters and the Shanty Northside apartment, the Sons of Honarchy podcast, hosted by yours truly, Drunk Shy Sox fan,
2: and your boy, Hot Take Tommy. On today's special edition episode, we are proud to present an interview with the one and only Tyler Johnson. A very talented relief prospect, along with a post interview recap and a Minoso minute from Stevo. All of this presented to you by The Loop Sports and sponsored by 26 Shirts and Seek. C-
1: With how long it took us to record that intro today, that we would have yeah. consumed a whole bottle of Malort over yeah. the last couple hours.
2: <laughs> yeah, that uh, we were trying to record a what, fourteen minute, fourteen S- minute, fourteen second
1: soundbite. well, it's more like twenty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> so we're trying to record that, and it took us thirty minutes. It took us way too <laughs> long—an insane <laughs> amount of time to record. And Literally that little bit that you heard today at the beginning of the yeah, podcast.
2: Yeah, that was uh, that was bad. <laughs> but as
1: you alluded to over that with, with our introduction music playing over our voices, uh-huh. we have an extremely, extremely special guest that... I You know what? I think you're as hyped up about it now as oh, I was. Oh, yes. But... I still am really, really excited that we're finally dropping this podcast. That we got the interview in, yep. and we're gonna be dropping this podcast right away. Here is here's the thing. I uh
2: did not have Tyler Johnson. Now, we've dropped the name, so I can say the name. Right. Though. We did not I did not have Tyler Johnson on my radar as uh an important prospect in this rebuild. After the interview, he is Totally on my radar. He is going to be, I, I'm, I think it's fair to say, he's going to be an important part Absolutely. of the White Sox. I. And, like, the way he's his attitude about being a big game pitcher, his attitude about uh, how to handle situations like that. And oh, handling that,
1: adversity. And yeah. No, and exactly. You're gonna, and you're going to hear it all in the yes, interview, too, before without us talking about it too much.
2: I'm not going to give away too much, exactly, but I am, oh, yeah, yeah. He got me stoked on his future just in the 20, 30 minutes. All that being said,
1: sit back, relax, and strap it down as we get ready to present to you our interview with Tyler Johnson, pitching prospect in the White Sox organization. Oh, oh, oh. Sneaky is a ticket search engine that never loses sight of the fan experience simply go to their website type in the name of a team and choose the date you're looking to attend SeatGeek will present you with a graphic chart of the stadium where there you can choose your seats and tickets based on a score system that determines the best value if you've never used SeatGeek before we've partnered with them to give you a great deal apply the coupon the loop sports at checkout to take twenty dollars off your first purchase with SeatGeek a fifty dollar night for two at the ballpark becomes thirty, or a twenty-three dollar trip by yourself just becomes three bucks with the coupon code The Loop Sports. You have no excuse not to go and root for your favorite team. You can also go to your favorite concert or other events that are on SeatGeek. Uh, you have no excuse to not do it. Just go, apply the code, code The Loop Sports at checkout. Have a great time on us. Thank you to SeatGeek for partnering with us here at The Loop Sports. OK, listeners, before we get into this interview, uh, we want to do one quick segment uh, as a podcast uh, that we do every once in a while, every two to three episodes that we call the Minoso Minute. Uh, just a quick introduction on what the Minoso I- Minute is for our new listeners. Uh, the min- uh, mini It's named after Mini Minoso, uh, who was a White Sox great who broke the color barrier for uh, Latino players uh, f- in the major leagues. For the White Sox. Um, he has his number nine retired by the Chicago White Sox, not just for being uh, a great player, but also making significant contributions to the game of baseball outside of the lines. Uh, so we take this time every once in a while to talk about an outside of the lines issue that is extremely important to both Tommy and I. Um, I am taking over the Minnesota Minute this week, and I am popping the question to Major League Baseball and challenging Major League Baseball, Baseball with the question, why are players being punished inconsistently? With um, This is specifically alluding to the issue with Tim Anderson and the one-game suspension for the use of the N-word on the playing field. Um, this, first and foremost, as an African-American player, To me, seems absolutely ridiculous. But then we look at the inconsistency within Major League Baseball, something that you know we see a player such as Josh Hader from last year, where old tweets that are homophobic and that are racial are coming up. Uh, but he is given this opportunity to become part of a diversity initiative um, as well as other players within Major League Baseball who specifically are white, just getting a slap on the wrist or just management uh, within their organization talking to them. This is an issue that I have with Major League Baseball. I'm calling Major League Baseball out on it, especially when you have a player such as Tim Anderson who does such a great job of carrying out the diversity that should be within Major League Baseball and fighting for players of color. Tommy, we are joined today by the Tyler Johnson pitcher in the White Sox organization. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for including me.
2: Nice. Yeah, so uh for those of us uh White Sox fans who aren't aware, uh we should become aware of this guy because Tyler Johnson, I'm just going to read off the stats from last year, just the quick one, the one off the top. Uh he went you went, Tyler, uh 9 and 0 with a 1.4 ERA combined between the two teams you were on. So, uh okay. A, congrats on that. And uh mm. B, let's uh let's jump into the questions that we got.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so something that we've been uh, kind of looking at this year, Tyler, is obviously you've, uh, you haven't had any statistics to you know, look at this year. Um, and obviously that is for good reason, because you're uh, in a little bit of a rehab stint. Now, for those fans that really don't follow up on the minor league teams as much, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, injury that you're rehabbing right now um, and kind of the details of your rehab program. Yeah. So I just, um, I had, a a, a lat strain of sorts,
0: of sorts, um, Terry's major strain. Um, so, you know, just, uh, the only thing that you can do kind of rehab that stuff back is to take off time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't take a, take off enough time, it, it'll reflame back up. It's just the way muscles work. Um, catching unfortunately is just not a natural thing. And, uh, <clears throat> once, once it kind of strains it can happen again so we're just doing a good job of making sure it's under under the rock so to speak and um so i can start strengthening back up and throwing again and really getting ramped up here um but really just the the longest part was um the rest that was required um thankfully we're past past that stage and uh uh, i get to start ramping up here pretty soon so um you know it's just tedious process with muscle strains
2: Right, right. Well, it's good to hear that you're past the hardest part. Um, But what's been the most difficult part for you besides uh, not being on the mound? So is it like a mental thing or is it like just the physical, I can't pick up this cup or, you know, what have you?
0: Yeah, well, it's a it's a combination of stuff, really. So um, Marcus Lattimore uh, said that uh, injury is the athlete's greatest adversity. And, um, you know, when you're healthy, you can kind of take that saying for, for granted and kind of forget. Um, but once it's kind of taken away from you, you really understand, um, it, it really attacks you from both physical and mental side, you know, mentally, you know, I have a job, uh, this is how I live. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, once it's taken away from you, it's kind of, uh, it kind of, you know, tears you down and everything. Then you have the, uh, the, um, physical side where, you know, at, at one point you can't pick up the baseball, um, like physically you cannot throw a baseball. So, yeah. um, you know, you want to get back to where you were before. Um, you want to be better than where you were before. Um, obviously there are things that I had to improve on last year, um, which has been halted. Um, so, you know, there's never really a good time for it, but you know, it kind of, like I said, attacks you from, from different angles, but you know, what really just gets you through it is, is, um, you know, your family and, and, and God, and, you know, your friends, um,
1: so, that's, that's really what I've been relying on here, and, um, but, we're getting through it. Absolutely, and, uh, I saw you, uh, send out a tweet the other day, um, in regards to your rehab, and how it's, you know, you're taking steps in the right direction, so, we're really happy to hear that, especially, uh, and we're really excited to see you back on the mound. Um, yeah, especially on
2: the fan end of things. <laughs> that's very
1: true. Uh, so. so in, uh, in 2017, um, you started off having great success um, in great falls, especially keeping runners from crossing the plate. Um, when you first got bumped up to Kannapolis, um, that really didn't translate into success right away. Um, so what significant changes to your game uh, did you have to make in that first offseason, if there were any? Uh, or was it more just kind of trusting the process and getting used to that type of that type of competition? Yeah, so...
0: Um... You know, uh, in great falls. Yeah. Like you said, I got away with some stuff that I didn't get away with and, and Kannapolis that first season. Um, mm-hmm. you really just had to look at the common denominator of it all. Um, and that was the walks. Um, so, it, uh, you know, I would compound hits and walks together and runs with, uh, across the plate. You know, you walk a guy, next thing you know, you, you give up one double. Um, that guy scores from first, um, all of a sudden, your ERA is at nine. So, um, whereas if you don't walk the guy, you know, it's just a double and you can do damage control. So, uh, you know, in that offseason, I really had to uh, make an adjustment. You know, in college, I really uh, had the ability to just kind of throw it by guys um, and, and get them to chase out of the zone. Uh, quickly learned in pro ball that you can't do that. Um, so, uh, it was just a small adjustment. It's not necessarily uh, trusting process, but it was something that, you know, I needed to work on in the off season. Um, and couldn't quite do it in the time frame I had in Canapolis.
2: So speaking of that off season and like, if you had any changes that were made, there was something that like flew under the radar for a lot of White Sox fans out there that like a bunch of you guys went down to the DR, the Dominican Republic in January. Um, Joe, so just basically what I would wanna hear is how was that for you and do you have any big takeaways from that?
0: Yeah, no, it was it was an awesome experience. Uh first of all to be included with the group of guys that went, you know, it was just an honor in itself. Um, to be able to go down there with them. Um those are guys that uh, White Sox fans do know and should know. Um but uh you know, the stuff that we did there, um, you know, really kind of hit home it was a changing experience. I mean, anytime you kind of leave the country and, um, see other cultures and everything, you really start appreciating, um, where people come from, what you have, what they have and how different we can be, but also how, you know, similar we are. So, um, uh, you know, we would do things in in the inner city, you know, we, 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 we held a baseball camp for the kids, uh, one day and we went to an orphanage, uh, another day. Um, so it was just uh, real eye-opening, and you know, I wish more people could see it. And I, you know, obviously, we did our best to uh, kind of portray what we did, but uh, um, of course, it wasn't about us; it's about all those people down there.
1: Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it really seemed like you guys, uh, you know, did more than just you know play baseball and and do baseball things down there. So that, you know, it's really great to see uh, you guys and the organization making an impact outside of baseball. That's what's really important. Um, right. So, in talking uh, talking to you here and, and seeing that you know you had an opportunity to go with um, other players, obviously in the organization and get to know them a little bit better. Um, over two years in the Sox system now, which guys on the team, um, the teams that you've played with, as well as other guys you've interacted with, that who have you become closest with? Who are the biggest personalities in those clubhouses as well?
2: <laughs>
1: you know, you got some pretty big personalities. And also you
0: have some uh, different personalities too. Um, But, uh, you know, people that I've really come close with are, uh, you know, Tate Blackman from Ole Miss, uh, Tyler Frost from Gonzaga, um, you know, J.B. Olson who, um, you know, played a half season and had Tommy John. um, But he's on his way back, so you guys will know his name here soon enough. Um, Jake Berger, I played with him on the U.S. national team. So, um, you know those are guys that you kind of become close with and, um, you know, guys that everybody should know, obviously, but, uh, um, yeah.
2: Nice. So I actually didn't know you were part of the U S national team. So congrats on that. That's really cool. (laughs) Yes back in my prime, i I say. <laughs> <laughs> and the prime yet to come, right? So <laughs> Yeah. <that's> right. <laughs> nice. Um well, how about this? How do you uh go about handling high pressure scenarios? So you're a relief pitcher obviously for the Sox like and high pressure scenarios are going to be the type of situation that you're walking into normally, right? So uh especially as you're moving up the ranks in the Sox system, how do you uh handle going into games during those scenarios?
0: Um, you know, you really just kinda gotta dumb it down a little bit. Um, if you look at the environment as a whole, uh, it can become overwhelming. So if you just, you know, focus on you, what you can control and make your pitches, you know, more often than not, it'll play out in your favor. Um, that's just the way baseball is, especially as a as a pitcher, you know, hitters have the toughest job in the world. You gotta hit a round ball with a round bat, you know, it's Hmm. just um uh, they don't always hit it square, so like I said, you just got to dumb it down. Um, you know, it's also another thing. Uh, I don't know, I've, I've just always enjoyed the pressure ever since I was little. Um, and sometimes I'll be watching TV and you know, something like basketball game will come on, or you know, baseball or football, and I just you, you got to think to yourself, like, man, I'd love to be in that situation. Um, you know, you just thrive on. Um, doing things for your team uh your team obviously wants you out there they wouldn't put you in that situation um but also you you kind of get a feeling uh you know when you when you can kind of put the cleat in the throat of the other team you know um so you kind of live you live off that too um i guess we're called adrenaline junkies you know yeah (laughs) it's very Uh, true um, yeah i uh but uh yeah so it's just um it's something that you get used to, really. You know, it might be high pressure for you guys watching, but um, you know, it's our job, and um, you know, hopefully, we come out on the on the good side of things more often than not.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. And thinking about you know your your rise to the ranks in the minor league system, and eventually, you know, your goal to make the show. Um what what pitchers uh either currently in the MLB or growing up watching when you were a kid, uh did you admire the most and have been players to aspire to?
0: Um
1: you know, it's funny, you mentioned
0: growing up. When I was growing up, I always admired hitters. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> uh, like uh I was a big King Griffey Jr. fan, big Chipper Jones fan, just as everybody else was. Um know i never like picked out a reliever that i wanted to be like you know i never really thought that way um and but you know recently you kind of got to look at these guys that are starting to throw really hard i mean you got jordan hicks out there throwing 104 um so you kind of i kind of not model myself out because they throw about six miles an hour harder than (laughs) me but uh (laughs) um it's uh you know, it's a, it's a model that, that you can strive for. Um, you know, in, in, in college, I also, you know, looked up to, uh, college relievers, you know, as, as a young reliever, and actually Zach Birdie was one of them. Um, you know, I felt like, uh, we really, uh, look similar and, and, um, the, the way we throw. Um, so when he's obviously a year or two older than me, so, when he was playing college, you know that, that was something to look up to, and um, you know those are just two guys I guess I could throw out there.
1: Yeah, I mean Birdie and his brother are both uh, great pitchers and have great stuff, and oh, yeah. you know really have have stuff that you know you can you can look at at their their game and something that to you know look up to and aspire to. Um, so, yes, yeah, speaking of that, um, I know that you know you're talking about throwing the ball hard and thinking about your, your pitching and the, the repertoire that you've started to kind of develop. I know that, you know, we read all the scouting reports and we talk about, or a lot of the scouts talk about your fastball and you being able to put that by hitters. Uh, but obviously um, you're not a guy that's going to go out and throw a hundred, hundred, three, hundred, four. Right. Um, but how has it been? I know we've been reading a lot about you developing your slider. What has that been like for you? Yeah. So, um, it's been a process. Um,
0: you know, I I didn't really, I didn't throw a slider in high school. Um, and then when I got to college, uh, I picked up a slider my sophomore year. So I'm kind of late on the whole slider train here. I used to throw a curveball, um, you know, especially in high school and my freshman year of college, I started. So, Um, you know, I threw a curveball, not really a slider. I'm pretty new to it. Um, you know, so I'm always picking ideas from people. You know, it started from Bill and Cease, um, went to, you know, Matt Zaleski, pitching coach, um, two other pitching coaches. And this off season I I recently went to uh Skylar Mead, uh who's a pitching coach at University of South Carolina and um he's helped me. So um it's just piecing together, you know, what everybody uh has to say. Um, you know, it's funny cause this off season. I finally got it. <laughs> I felt like, and it, I was really confident with it in bullpen and everything, you know, I like the shape and I was really excited to see what, uh, it would do out there when I started competing, but, uh, it's been put on hold. Um, obviously I'm still excited for it, but I really think, you know, I've kind of nailed it on the head here. I mean, obviously baseball is a game of adjustments, so I have to adjust it every now and then, you know, but hopefully I got a good foundation from now on.
1: Absolutely. We love hearing that. We love hearing that.
2: Yeah. Um, So I thought it was interesting that you were talking about Zach Birdie as a guy that you were looking at. Um, So with that being said, you know, you got called and drafted uh, by the Sox in 2017. Did you have like any first reaction to that, along with uh, knowing what kind of players are in the system already for us? yeah
0: so you know when i got drafted to the white Sox, i understood that i was being put in a uh, process that's going to be really special here soon um so uh, i i'm really excited to be part of it and um you know when i got drafted i wanted to be a part of it so obviously i wanted to uh you know make sure i could help the Sox out when when they want to make their push um, towards the playoffs and to the world series so um but everybody, when they get drafted into the White Sox understand what goes on here. Um, you know, what we're trying to build from within. And, uh, I mean, everybody wants to be a part of it. So
1: for sure. It was
0: really exciting.
1: Yeah. It's really exciting stuff. I, I can only imagine what it's like, um, you know, getting that call and especially on draft day. Um, so you signed for, for a solid bonus, uh, which I don't have to mention here. Uh, people can look it up, um, with that signing bonus. Um, is there something that you just like blew your money away on that you were eventually (laughs) like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. No,
0: not really. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm pretty, uh, pretty smart with it. And, and thankfully I have parents that are pretty smart with it all too. So, um, you know i i know that's a very boring answer i wish i could say uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like hey, a gigantic I'm... party or something but uh i didn't and uh you know it's there for when i need it um you know later down the road but hopefully i hopefully it's just uh, something that can be built on uh here in the near future um and not something that i necessarily need um but we'll uh you know that road is going to take its course
1: Hey, wise for your years. That's uh, it's good to hear. Yeah, actually, that's better, yeah. probably. <laughs> 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 All righty. Well, uh, what about this then? So,
2: in in your spare time, what do you uh, enjoy doing? Any like hobbies, interests, and stuff like that besides throwing a baseball really hard?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be the stereotypical baseball player here and uh, say that I love to golf.
2: Um, okay. Oh,
0: nice. You know, yeah, so I, I'm not necessarily very good. Um, I'm not terrible. Um but uh you know, sometimes there's just something peaceful about being able to go out on the course and just, you know, whack a couple balls, swing as hard as you can, slice it into the woods a couple times. So um you know. Uh that's pretty much, you know, one of the only hobby I kinda I do outside of baseball. You know, everything else is kinda geared towards um getting better and, you know, weight room stuff and uh you know, when I'm not doing that, you know, you kind of try to be with your family because you're away from them uh, for more than half a year. So, uh, but golf is something that, that everybody kind of does and, and makes time for.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I see on Twitter a lot that you, you tweet about other sports too. Um, so what uh, what are your other sports that you especially enjoy watching outside of? Because for me, I know golf is one of those sports that's kind of hard to sit down and actually watch on TV. Um, so are there any other sports that you're really into watching?
0: Yeah. So I, I'm a big basketball fan. Basketball's kind of always had my heart. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, in high school, I was big into basketball. Um, you know, I had some injuries that kept me from ba- playing basketball due to baseball, but, um, you know, I, I always enjoyed, uh, the fast paced um, play. So, uh, you know, basketball is something I follow pretty closely, um nba and college um
1: i'm a big fan of
0: nba basketball i might be on the uh on a minority side of that but um you know in comparison to to college but um you know that's one sport i really i look at
1: yeah do you have a favorite pro team in the nba yeah the wizards man (laughs) (laughs) all right they're they're tough to follow right now
0: (laughs) but uh you know, um, just growing up there, being in Richmond, Virginia, it's, uh, Washington's not too far away.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you first for Otto Porter. He's been doing great for the Bulls for us. So that's awesome. Yeah. Man, we, we, like, we, like
0: trade, we like trading away guys and, and letting them play better elsewhere. You know?
2: Classic. Now, uh, with that, in that vein, though, um, obviously Virginia won the NCAA tournament this year. So were you excited about that or more? Are you more of a Tech guy? What were your emotions there?
0: Yeah, no, it's actually a a horrendous sports year. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: you know, uh, I wasn't excited to see UVA win. Um, you know, pretty much my whole family went to Virginia tech outside of my mom going to uh, James Madison. But, uh, she's a huge tech fan as well. So, um, you know, my, my dad, my two brothers both went to tech, you know, I grew up going to Virginia tech game. So, um, you know, they, that school has my heart in athletics as well. Um, so seeing, seeing Virginia have some success. I mean, even in baseball and, um, and football starting to get a little better and, and, and then basketball taking home a national championship, which just something that you can't see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then also, I mean, uh, you know, I'm a South Carolina guy, obviously, uh, you know, forever to be, you know, they got my heart, uh, gave me a chance to play baseball there, and Clemson winning a national championship which is just not what you want to see out of football either. So, <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's what I mean, so. Yeah, they uh,
1: they knocked out my Notre Dame Irish uh, in the uh, in the final four this year for football, so that, oh, that oh, national yeah. semifinal was a really tough one to watch. <laughs> it was ugly. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. But, I mean, you can look at it. They almost put up a better fight in Alabama, you know?
1: That uh, is very true. That is very true. So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, getting the opportunity to play, play baseball at South Carolina. Uh, obviously, you support your Gamecocks uh, through and through. Who are the top three teams that you hated to lose to in the SEC? In
0: the SEC, teams I hated to lose to. Um, I'd say Florida. Florida was up there. Um, just the success of their program. They kind of just expected to win, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of irked you. Um, uh, second one would be Missouri. <laughs> um, you know, it's just kind of like their school out in the middle of, you know, the I guess i would be the Midwest. And, yeah. um, you know, there's no fun going to Missouri and playing. Oftentimes it was, you know, really cold. And um, so Missouri kind of irked me losing to them uh and also Vanderbilt. They they kinda of fit into the uh um expect to win kind of pristine program. Um uh just teams that kinda of irk you a little bit. But in their own respect, you know, they've been so good and as well as Florida and Missouri obviously is on the uprise here. Um so but uh you know when you when you played those guys it was kind of you know it's like games on kind of deal. Um, so, but obviously, it makes it more fun for those series to be playing those guys with a little bit of chip.
2: I do have a question that just came to mind uh, thinking now about Tim Anderson being the shortstop for the White Sox and how he's kind of been right. the center of national news recently in baseball um, for bat flipping or bat throwing or
1: yeah javelin yeah.
2: tossing, whatever you want to call it. Um, but my thoughts are. What do you feel when or if somebody bat flips on you, and would you ever plunk a guy
1: for that?
0: No, I'd never plunk a guy for that, um, to be quite honest with you. Um, you get beat. You get beat. It's kind of the way it is. Um, it makes baseball a bit more fun. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing as a pitcher, you know? But, uh, you know, you're a grown man. You can get over it. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't plunk a guy for it. Um, no. You know there are situations that can call for uh, hitting a guy, but uh, you know I I just don't think that's one of them. Um, so uh, I guess straightforwardly that's my answer. The other thing is is you know if you play I mentioned the collegiate national team if you play overseas uh, they bat flip base hits. <laughs> um, so. You know, it's uh, it's actually kind of an art, they they say. You know, everybody's got their own kind of bat flip when they hit the ball. And it's actually, you know, pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, like in, in Chinese Taipei, we, uh, they were big on it in, in, in Japan. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of a little soft to get offended by it, but I might stir up something there. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it's a game. You know, it's not a... Uh, you know, it's not life or death. He's not Tim Anderson. One coming for the guy's family, you know.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We totally. Or we. I know we both agree with you on this <laughs> exactly. <side of> the Exactly. <laughs> we are for
2: sure on your team on that one. So <laughs>
1: for yeah. sure. Uh, a quick question. Um, I I could be wrong, but I believe I saw on um, on your information, you know, high school, college, that you went to a private high school, and I did as well. Right. Um, so what were the pros and cons of going to a private high school? You don't have to run down the entire list for sure, but at least a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: um, you know, when it came to that decision, you know, I did it, uh, for the academics. Um, I left, uh, public school, um, and, and joined a, uh, fine arts, uh, I guess, technically private school and, um, uh, with, with higher academics. So, um, but it also provided a, a situation in sports where, you know, I could thrive. It's not, uh, you know, you have to sit in JV in public school for two years and then, you know, try out for varsity. You know, uh, when I was in eighth grade, you know, I I was up in varsity from for five years. So it's um, or or four years, uh, and um, you know. That, that was a big pro you know i could play uh with guys older than me from a young age on um uh i guess some negatives about it would be that it's extremely small you know my class had 101 people that graduated yeah. <laughs> um so everybody knows everybody's business uh and that kind of uh setting and um but uh you know i wouldn't i wouldn't trade for a world I, I still go back there they let me go back there and work out in the off season with them as do other college athletes um basketball and football guys so um you know I owe them a lot some of the best mentors my mentors came from there and even some of my best friends you know so uh no for they, sure you know, it's just something you look back and you really kind of nailed it on the head when you made it made that decision
1: no for sure definitely uh it definitely has its pros and cons, but ultimately the pros that you mentioned, or, you know, especially when it comes to mentorship, I'll hundred percent agree with you for
0: sure.
1: Yeah. So, um,
2: last question here, I think we've, uh, both Steve and I are men of faith. And, um, just talking about faith in the game, we try to live out like Christ daily in our lives and stuff like that. What does it mean to you to live out your faith in a profession uh, as a pitcher making their way to the show?
0: Well, um, you know, it's just something I'm on a road now that is, you know, I, am a firm believer that I have a a pre-planned road. Um, you know, I don't know what that road is or where it'll take me. Um, but you know, you, uh, put your faith in Christ and, and, and you work hard in his name, uh, you know throughout your entire journey and and no matter what good things will happen um or even if they don't um you know you still have you have, you have christ to lean on and um you know with baseball it's, it's kind of different um because you can see friends come and go um guys dreams and so it, it's it's a real crossroads kind of so um you lean heavily on 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 god and um I think that's why baseball can be very, uh, Christianized and, and guys have such strong faith because it's uh, such a process and takes such a wear on, mm. you know, your, your, your mentality, and, uh, and, and your body. So, um, you know, to put your trust in, in God, it, it means the world, obviously. And, um, like I said, I'm on a road now. I don't know where it'll end or, you know, if it'll end, obviously, um, it will at some point, but, uh, you know, I, I just promised myself, you know, when I go to bed, um, you know, you just promise Christ that you are going to work as hard as you can towards, uh, you know, wherever he has land out, uh, planned out for you.
1: Absolutely. That's good stuff. and I, I love that connection that you made to the game of baseball and it being, you know, a process and, and taking time to, you know, become a better player um, and the hard work that you have to put in.
2: Yeah, not all things come to fruition uh, in front of us, you know, so yeah, it's great to hear that you've got that wisdom, um, putting your money away and (laughs) knowing (laughs) that not all things uh, come right in front of your eyes right away, so. That's right.
1: Yeah. One last thing, Um, I know you mentioned Jake Berger, and uh, actually, this uh, this is actually how we got in contact with you is uh, through Dan It's because I sent out a tweet a while ago about when you and Jake Berger were kind of throwing some shade at each other over Twitter. Um, so, um, one time Jake made a tweet about, um, just out in general, he said, if you could have the, the auxiliary cord at a party to play one song, what would it be? So what would your one song be that you would play at a party? Um, I think it'd have to be same old situation
0: by Molly Crew.
1: Well, all right. right. You
0: know, <laughs> win. Classic you know? classic uh, rocker. <laughs> yeah, or it's just you know, it's a crowd pleaser. Um, so uh, you know, it's not I, I do like classic rock and I like soul music. Um, but uh, you know, I also am a rap guy, but not everybody is. So if I had the Oscore that'd be the one song. I'd I'd you know, Jake and I uh, we'll go to the field and, you know, we'll just scream Motley Crue out <laughs>
1: in the <little laughs> room to start playing. So I think he'll like that answer if he,
0: if he sees it. So, oh, for sure. Uh,
1: hip hop yeah. guy as well, though. So, okay. One more thing. Top, <laughs> top three hip hop. Because I'm a big music guy, too. So top three hip hop artists right now. Go for it.
0: Um, I got J. Cole at one. Um, I got Chance at two. Yes. Um, and then a the third one, I guess I would have to, uh, throw in Drake. Um, okay. Just because his, his music's just that good. Um, but I'd also say Khaled is, is coming up there. Okay. Uh,
1: pretty hot for my me. My boy. So. I love DJ Khaled. Not yeah. DJ Khaled. Oh, Khaled. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No. And then, um,
0: i also a big Kendrick fan and some Logic, so there's your top
1: five yeah, absolutely top five. you you rounded it out well for <laughs> us i love that yeah well hey tyler thanks again for joining us and taking the time out of your day to uh do a little interview session
2: shirts again for the month of May 26 shirts sells cool t-shirts backed by an even cooler mission helping people in need every two weeks they offer an exclusive t-shirt for $25 and a portion of the proceeds for each sale goes to help a person or family in need or an organization heavily involved in community outreach the artists who provide the designs receive a percentage uh, life is impacted and you get a limited edition sports-themed T-shirt that will go into the 26 Shirts vault, never to be printed again. Portions of the proceeds from the sales of these shirts go to help a person in need of serious financial assistance due to overwhelming medical bills. You can read more about this particular cause on the website. Thank you again to the 26 Shirts for sponsoring the podcast for the month of May Go to 26shirts.com to order your shirt and help a worthy cause. there and
1: straight off the top
2: my big takeaway was how he explained his high pressure situation mindset that got me hype for when he comes into a ball game let's just say you know I'm predicting the future here he's coming into the game seven of the World Series trying to get the last nine ounce for us he is the guy that kind of mindset um, and just being it like, I don't even like, wh- what was it? He just like shuts it out and like, doesn't even think about it, uh, being a high pressure situation and he just takes care of business. That's the kind of thing you want to hear.
1: Yeah. I think what stood out to me initially is I, I love the, the growth that he knows he has made right. and still has to make in order to. To be a, a big timer, you know, to be a big big ma- big time major league player, um, he talked about his, you know, what he did initially that worked, um, you know, in Grand Fall Great Falls, you Great Falls, um, and then he tried to carry that on to Canapolis, and he realized on that level it didn't work, right. But he comes back the next year, um, and knows that he has to make adjustments right and the ability to make adjustments the ability to realize that i can't just blow fastballs by guys anymore um or put them in specific spots um the ability to develop a pitch uh, a second dominant pitch like a slider that he's starting to become confident in that is the key to becoming a successful relief pitcher in the yeah. majors
2: Totally. And um, on top of that, with what you're saying, he's just a really I'm going to say this and I mean it genuinely, though, a wise guy like he's not a wise guy in the sense that he's like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like he is a wise individual. And I think that like really came through. Like when we asked him about what he blew his money on and he was like, nah, I got it saved. And I was like, yeah, okay, good. He was like, that's not a fun
1: answer, but it's like, Hey, you know what? And then
2: like, he understands that he's not a major league pitcher right now and he knows what he needs to do to get there and he's not saying like yeah I'm just gonna blow fastballs by him whereas like that is what Kopech's kind of saying and that is like what Cease is saying like yeah I just challenge guys with my yeah, fastball this is and like they're, they're different styles. they're different pitchers mind you but uh I think what's beautiful about what Tyler said is like he gets it he's like I can't do that I'm not trying to do that I'm trying to get him out in a different way, yeah. and it's working because fa- he's got he's his posting ball. this crazy ERA. Granted, he's injured, sure. he's rehabbing, but I just love that wisdom that he's got saying, "All right, in, I know what to do now." And you look
1: at the scouting reports, and the fastball is still his best pitch. Um, yeah, it's still a really good pitch, uh, but developing that slider is what's going to make him stand out, if you ask me. Um, and the more he continues to develop that, and the better it gets. The higher you're gonna see him climb in the ranks and see success. So, uh, one other thing too, um, I just love having that interview with Tyler because he, he's just such a real guy, dude, down um, to earth, like totally down, down to earth, earth. Uh, willing to come, uh, you know, on the Sons of Honarchy yeah, podcast <laughs> with us, right? <laughs>
2: he literally was just like, "Yeah, these two random White Sox fans that have a podcast, like, yeah, I'll talk to him." Like, yeah,
1: that was so cool. Um, and relatability, like, obviously, I was. I was having a lot of relatability moments with him going to a small private high school, me yeah. going to a small yeah. private high school. Um, the um, talking about music. Um, yeah. And how you thought when he mentioned Khaled, <laughs> it was DJ Khaled. <laughs> I so got literally, so excited. Literally guys, when we got done with that interview, it because that was right at the tail end of our interview. Uh, I looked over at Tommy and I go, Yeah, DJ Khaled, not.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, that was a uh, shot right to I <laughs> laughed at you so hard. I was a sucker punch to the gonads for sure. <laughs> I thought I was on the same page with him. We were not. <laughs> oh my gosh. I might be the only DJ Khaled fan out here. Yes, but you are. 100%. I music wise. Love that guy. Anyway. So, um,
1: but yeah, all in all, uh, we're wishing Tyler the best. Uh, we're looking forward time. to. Um, him continuing to uh, have success in his rehab program as he just actually recently posted um, earlier today, late last night, actually. It was probably late last night. um, He posted, you know, him successfully throwing the ball and um, him being out there and doing his thing. So really, really looking forward to getting him back on the mound, seeing success in double-A and working his way up before we know it.
2: Yeah. And... Um, all that being said, I mean, uh, I guess that means we're part of his, uh, rehab program. We were the capstone to the rehab program, actually
1: bringing him back in the public eye. We're like the cherry on top. Let's just be real. Yeah. (laughs) He is the true ice cream sundae. We're just the cherry on top. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope
2: you guys enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Um, and Hey, who knows? Maybe we'll get some more high key players on interviews in the future.
1: Absolutely. Be on the lookout. We're, uh, we're hoping to get some more interviews in the future. And Tyler, you know, I'm sure you're going to be listening to this. Uh, and hopefully some other guys will be listening to this. So mm-hmm. if, you, if there are any other guys out there that want to, you know, have a nice little half hour conversation with us and talk baseball and talk life and just uh, be real and what we call shoot the shit around here, uh, yeah. feel free to, you know, get in touch with us. Man and band looking at you <laughs> so final thoughts Tom
2: well I mean we hit it all we hit it all we talked about him, Anderson we talked with Tyler Johnson we talked I mean hey we forgot to mention we're two games under 500
1: only two games under 500 and about to be I bet after once this podcast drops I bet we'll be a 500 ball club. Dang. I'm calling it right now. 500 ball club. Call your shot. 500 ball club. (laughs) Shout out to Nico Sanchez's dad. Uh, But for real, uh, we were talking about hot dogs earlier, though. We are going to go to the ballpark tomorrow, eat some dogs, Yeah. watch a White Sox winner. I'm still going to eat more dogs than you and Keichi. I don't know about that. Yep. I don't know about that. So be following us on Twitter to figure out who wins the uh, hot dog eating competition. Tommy's already bowed out, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, this is my warm-up round. This is my warm-up round.
1: Spring training for
2: Tom, I guess. (laughs) I'm just going to get my my 60 pitches in. I'm just going to take it easy. Your 60 pitches is four dogs. Yeah, my 60
1: pitches is four dogs. Go hard or go home, man.
2: Dude, that's you. That's you. I'll go hard later in the season. I got to find that mid-season form first. Go
1: hard or go home. You practice like you play. All that being said, Tom, if you practice like you play, rebuild or bust. In Han we trust. Have a good one, everybody.